The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Was God good to you? Ask your neighbor for me. Come on and get a response from that neighbor. God is good. Help me prophesy over your neighbor. This week will be better than last week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. It is well. All right. We are preparing. For what God is doing in our lives and in our midst this season. And we officially kicked off last week. I asked this question, or I made this declaration. I, I told us many of us, or some of us, or perhaps even most of us, you are not ready for what God is about to do. And there's really nothing wrong with that. If you come to that realization that, you know what, I'm not ready. We pray this prayer a lot, and it's a good prayer to pray at a time like this. Lord, prepare me for what you have prepared for me. How many people are familiar with that prayer? Say it with me this morning. Lord, prepare me for what you have prepared for me. You need to recognize that God has prepared something for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 reveals that. Um, projection, I may quote a lot of scriptures while I'm speaking. I may not even have the reference. So if what I'm saying sounds like scripture, just search it out for me and put it up. I think that's a good level for you guys to operate on. So it's not until I give you the reference in case I say something that sounds like scripture. Exactly. It will help somebody. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has not entered the hearts of men. The things that God has prepared for those that love him. Does somebody here love Jesus? I can't hear you. I mean, you're in church on Sunday morning. At least you have a level. It may not be the most fervent, but that you came to church. If you didn't love Jesus, you won't be in church. You'll be somewhere else. So you need to recognize that God has always prepared something before you. He has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Has something bigger, something better, something sweeter, something greater, something richer. However, preparation is vital. Let me ask you a few more questions this morning. If you were David, the morning that his father told him to take visuals to his brothers at the war front to give them food, and the opportunity for Goliath showed up. Are you prepared to seize the opportunity the way you are right now? Just answer yourself. Are you prepared? If you are David and that opportunity came, just came like that. He got to that battlefront and they said that the person that kill, kills this giant, the king will give you his daughter to marry. Eh? David said, Tell me again. <laughs> The person that kills this giant, your family will never pay taxes again. He said, eh, tell me again. I said, what will they do to the person that kills the giant? And he was asking, in case the first person was lying, because somebody may be lying. So he went to somebody else, tell me again, tell me again. 
His brother came and tried to discourage him. What are you doing? The way you live, he said, no, is there not a cause? Help me tap somebody and say, is there not a reason for you to be preparing? More importantly, like David, is there no reason for you to be prepared? Because they say, difference between preparing, may you not be preparing when the opportunity shows up. Talk to me, somebody. May you have prepared. David was prepared. He had killed the lion, he had killed the bear, but he was prepared. And he did not miss out on his divine opportunity. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. This season of your life, you will not miss out on every opportunity from heaven in the name of Jesus. But you need to prepare. If you were Joseph and they called you, Pharaoh is calling you, come and interpret the dream. Are you prepared the way you are now? Are you prepared? Do you know how you need to look when you go before Pharaoh? The Bible said David changed, um, Joseph changed that prayer. He shaved his, he trimmed his beard. He had prepared, he had known that. You don't go to Pharaoh looking anyhow. You don't go to Pharaoh talking anyhow. And bless God, your, your gift must be primed up. He's not going to tell you, I'm going to give you two weeks to go and find the dream. If you were a Daniel, and a decree was announced. We are changing the Naira notes. <laughs> and you have six weeks to. <laughs> I told Pastor that some people will not make that six weeks. They have too much money. They are not prepared. Some people, they, even if they give them one second, they are prepared because they don't have any money anyway. There's nothing to prepare. Say, so six weeks is too small. They have too much cash. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, a decree can come like that. The king said, every wise man in the country must tell me the dream I dreamed the other day and give me the interpretation. And if you don't tell me, I'm going to kill all of you. I, are you prepared? No other wise man was prepared. In fact, they are said killing them. And they came to knock on Daniel's door. Oh, yeah, it's your own execution time has come. You are, you are scheduled for 3 p.m. execution. And I particularly love Daniel. That particular story of Daniel. Please hear me very well. At that point in time, when we talk about preparation, what we are saying, Daniel did not know the dream or the interpretation. But he was prepared enough to know that if you give me time, tell the king to just give me time. And one night vigil. Maybe he didn't know it to be one night vigil because he just asked for time. My friends and I, we're going to go in and we're going to seek mercy of God and ask God, to give us the dream and the interpretation. At least he was that prepared. I don't need six weeks. You may not even have six weeks. Hallelujah. But let me touch two, three, four, five people around you. Tell them prepare, 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 prepare. You are about to cross this Jordan. Prepare, prepare. If you are on our church WhatsApp groups, if you notice all through last week, we are sending you a thought, a word that God quickens in my heart every morning to help you prepare, just to frame your mind. If you are not on the church WhatsApp groups, it's primarily the zonal chat rooms. Let me just use this moment to again explain to perhaps new people that don't know our structure in church. This church is divided into several districts. 
that have different zones, that have different cells. And the moment we get your physical address, we, we put you somewhere. You should be, there's a WhatsApp group for every district. Many times I want to communicate things directly to the church where we don't have a physical meeting, we're going to use that platform. So we are sending out something to help you prepare, to help you think, to help you pray. Last week our focus was prayer. That's where your preparation should start. You can't miss it in the place of prayer. You can't. When Daniel went to that prayer meeting, he did not know the, the dream or the interpretation. But he knew that if we go into the, prayer, into the prayer closet and ask God for his mercy, God will do something. All preparation, spiritually speaking, starts from there. I want to be bold enough to tell somebody this. If you are not praying now, 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 you are not praying you are missing it. We are preparing for this takeover that God is talking to us about. Is You are missing it. That's not to condemn you. Hopefully that's to encourage you to get into the place of prayer. And we have many platforms now for everyone to plug themselves in. Eight o'clock every morning we pray here in church. We've converted our workers meeting to a prayer time. Can somebody shout prayer? prayer? Prayer. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Let's look at that text as we go on this morning. Luke 18.1. Men ought always, always. In other words, we should check you. This is how you prepare. You are prayed up. And it's not unusual for somebody, and I believe practically all of us have had seasons like that. I have had times like that where your prayer level drops. You are not prayed up like you ought to be. That's okay. But when that happens and calls are being made for prayer and a time of prayer is being announced and the trumpet is being blown in church, everybody prepare, prepare. In three days, we're going to cross the Jordan. Prepare. And you prepare by praying. You now need to jack yourself up. Hallelujah. And get into prayer. You will not faint in Jesus' name. And in that look at him, Jesus told the parable about that woman, a widow woman, that wanted judgment. We read from Psalm 50 yesterday, I mean last week. That when we gather as Zion, one of the things God will do for us is God will proclaim judgment. We are gathered onto Mount Zion. And one of the things that is present in Mount Zion, Hebrews chapter 12, is God the judge. And I told you, God will always judge in your favor as a child of God. Hallelujah. She wanted judgment, but the judge in her district or in her area was a wicked judge. And he refused to attend to her case. She was a widow. She needed help. And she kept pestering him and requesting, requesting for her judgment. And even though it was a wicked judge, Jesus taught in that Luke 18 parable, if you read from verses 1 to 8, he said, because this woman is going to persist in prayer, let me just answer her so she will go away. 
Just said, look at a wicked judge talking like that. How much more God? And look at what he said in verse 7. Very powerful. We are talking about prayer here. Nobody will miss the judgment God has for them in this season in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about positive judgment. That's what that woman wanted. Maybe one, one of her, her husband's brothers now wanted to seize her house. That your husband has died. So I, want, I can take over the property. And I want to marry you as my, my tenth wife. You know those kind of people and those kind of cultures. Perhaps that's what was going on there. I said, no, I can go to court and get judgment. My husband and I bought this property in her name. She needed that good judgment. Luke 18:7. Shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night? That's what we are saying in prayer. That's what that woman was doing. Every day she would go back to that judge. Avenge me of my adversaries. Avenge me of my adversaries. Avenge me of my adversaries. Who cry out day and night. Though he bears long with them. You may not get the answer the first day. You may not get the answer the first week. You may not get the answer the first month. You may not even get the answer the first year. Or the second year or the third year. Men ought always to pray. Until the right judgment you are looking for comes. Somebody shout a loud amen. amen. Verse 8. Look at this. And this is what we are talking about. Talking about moving forward by faith. I tell you. That he will avenge them speedily. Those that are consistent in the place of prayer. Those that are persistent in the place of prayer. It triggers a speedy answer. And I taught you a while ago. What when God says speedy answer. It, it meant like, like Hannah. Several years. She had always come for supernatural. No child. No child. But on one appointed year. Maybe a takeover season year. Came to the same conference she was she had been coming. She would have missed it that year. Because she had gone to a place where she was frustrated. But her husband helped her to change her perspective. That's what really I want to talk to you about today. That, that's the key for this week. You're, you're renewing your mind, having the right perspective. When you are preparing to walk into what God has prepared for you, you must make sure, not only must you be prayerful, somebody shout prayerful, prayerful. you must also learn to have the right perspective. And having the right perspective will even help you to pray. That's what happened to Anna. He helped her to change her perspective. Why are you like this? Why is your heart drooping? Because you don't have a child. Are you the first woman not to have a child? Am I not worth much more to you than ten sons? You have a husband that cares for you. You have a husband that loves you. Stop focusing on what you don't have. Focus on what God has done. Change that perspective. Renew that mind. Help that to reassess the situation correctly. Okay, I don't have children, but it's not the end of the world. Hallelujah. Back to prayer before I get into that. Verse 8. I tell you, we'll avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, look at what we are talking about. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he readily find faith on the earth? That's a rhetorical question. When he shows up, when he appears, when he manifests, when he comes to do what he has prepared for them, will they be in faith? 
Not put two and two together. What is he telling you? People that are not praying, they are not in faith. In fact, a demonstration and a loud announcement in the spirit that you are not walking in faith, living by faith, and that means you are not ready to go forward. We are talking about moving forward by faith. Is when you are not praying. Every devil can see it. Ah, this one is not in faith. There is no prayer coming from him. Like the seven sons of Siva. They thought they could just come and cast out devils. I adjure you to come out in the name of Jesus that Paul speaks. They had heard that Jesus cast out devils by speaking. They had seen Paul do it by speaking. But they didn't do the necessary background things that Jesus and Paul did to be able to have authority to speak to the demons. So they came to the demons and spoke to the demons and the demons said, you know the story, Jesus I know. You see, in the spirit, we, can, we know. We, we, we know the aura around people that carry these things. There are some things they do in the spirit. Paul, we know. Sir, I can't perceive that aura on you. You know, prayer is like perfume. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what John said. Revelation chapter 8. He said he saw incense before the throne of God's grace. Incense. And that's what happens when we pray. And he said, the incense or perfume, it's like the pray, it, it was the prayers of the saints. He said about three or four times in the book of Revelations. So, what does man say? We, we are, there's no, ah, in fact, you are smelling, hmm, you are not smelling nice. <laughs> you are not smelling nice. And the demons beat them, strip them naked and cast them out. Because whatever Paul and Jesus were doing in the secret, they were not doing it. That will not be you in Jesus' name. So you prepare number one in the place of prayer. We are starting another week. We are starting another week. You can start right now. If last week, you, you can judge yourself. You know, the Bible says we should judge ourselves. Can judge yourself. Last week you were not prayerful. And it starts with personal prayer. Very, very important. And every time there's an opportunity to pray as a church. So 9 p.m. every weeknight now, there's prayer. Midweek service, 7 p.m. prayer. It's online, it's on Zoom. The details will be communicated to all our WhatsApp chat room. Join. Pray. And don't just pray when we pray together as a church. That is good. Learn to pray on your own. I told you one or two series ago, ago, the answer is in your mouth. Day and night. Will he not avert those that call on him day and night? You should be speaking the voice of the spirit. Day and night. You are in the shower. Just be speaking, muttering. In prayer. That's how to do this thing, no? Praise God forevermore. Pastor, what should I pray about? Pray about supernatural. If you don't know what to pray about. In fact, that, that's what all of us should be praying about now. Pray about taking over. That's the theme of the conference. Oh, the, the, the scriptures I shared with us, for us to be thinking and using to pray all through this past week, was about taking over. 
how God led Joshua to help the people to take over, how God led Moses. And there are so many truths we, we see in all those texts. The first thing is what we talked about last Sunday. God told Joshua, tell the people to prepare. I have a land flowing with milk and honey for you. On the other side of the Jordan, there is an obstacle before you. Jordan, there was river that it was an obstacle. Obstacle. The economy in your country is bad. There is political instability bad. Foreign nations are telling their citizens to leave Nigeria. Obstacles. That even Nigerian citizens are jackpine and leaving the country. So you look around, there are things that make it look as if God doesn't have a plan for you. But it's a lie. God has a plan for your life. Hello? Can somebody shout with me this morning? God has a plan for my life. Some of you did not shout. Shout it loudly. God has a plan for my life. Whether Nigeria is working or not working, that doesn't change the plan. Nigeria will work in Jesus' name. Yeah. But God's plan is independent of Nigeria. There's a Jordan before you. But on the other side is the inheritance I swore to your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you are the generation that is now supposed to go and take over. I told Joshua to prepare. He told Joshua to be strong and of a good courage. Be bold. Be confident. Build up your faith. In fact, the only th God told you, the only thing I need to be is strong. I'm the one that's going to fight the battle. I'm the one that has prepared the inheritance. But I want you to be bold. I want you to be courageous. There are giants in that land. Though. There's a Jordan before you. If you look at just the natural situations and circumstances... You may be tempted to think, particularly if you don't renew your mind, that God doesn't have an inheritance for you. If you look at the time that we have spent in the wilderness, by the time Joshua took over, they had been in that wilderness for 40 years. <laughs> the generation of men of valor that came out with Moses, they had died because of unbelief. We are coming to them in a moment. So the time we have spent... 25 years as a ministry, and we have not yet taken over certain things. You may think, ah, there's no takeover. It's a lie. It's a lie. God's word is God's word. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And say, God's word is for me. God's promises are for me. What God has prepared for me, it is for me. The inheritance that God has for me, it is for me. The things that God has ordained for me to take over, they are for me. Pray concerning the takeover. Pray for wisdom. If you're going to take over, you need to be wiser than you are. These are thoughts we shared, and we are picking them one after the other. Moses, Joshua, the son of Noah, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. That's the first thing Apostle Paul was praying for all the churches. You read the epistle to Ephesians. He said, the moment I heard Ephesians 1.15 about your faith in the love of Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I started to pray for you that God will give you. Somebody shout, God give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. 
God wants you to take over. Take over what, Pastor T? That, it's, it's, look, this has always been the, the plan of God. Genesis 1. Quickly, go there with me. Genesis 1. Hallelujah. Someone that has faith with us this morning, shout, I'm taking over. This season. Whatever God wants me to take over. Say it again. I'm taking over whatever God wants me to take over. Everything that God has ordained for me to take over this season, I will take over in Jesus' name. I am taking over in Jesus' name. In fact, let's speak some faith. Say, I have taken over already. In Jesus' name. Take over or, like the Bible says in Genesis 1, man being in charge, in dominion, has always been God's plan for mankind. Let us make man. Genesis 1 from verse 26, that image and our likeness. Let them have dominion. Hallelujah. That's what we mean by taking over. It, it can start, please hear me and hear me very well, in your personal life. Perhaps somebody needs to take over where your health is concerned. Sickness and disease is not supposed to be ruling our bodies. Hello? Am I making sense to somebody this morning? Take over concerning your physical body. Have dominion concerning your physical body. Perhaps somebody needs to take over concerning your financial life. Poverty should not be dictating how we live. Nigerian economy or no Nigerian economy. Global recession or no global recession. Can somebody shout with faith this morning? Poverty is not my portion. I'm taking over financially. Hallelujah. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who was rich yet for your sake he became poor. So that you through his poverty might be made rich. Your marriage should be good. It should be sweet. It should not be stressful. It should not be sorrowful. It shouldn't be an example of why people should not get married. Take over maritally. In your career, in your ministry, you should be in charge. Hallelujah. So, starting with our personal lives, let them have dominion. That has always been the plan. Adam messed it up. Jesus restored it for us. The, the children of Israel, their story from Egypt, walking through that wilderness for 40 years and eventually coming into the promised land, it's a type and a shadow of the story of the church, the body of Christ, the children of God today. Hallelujah. But beyond our personal lives, our marriages, our finances, our careers, not only does God want us to have dominion, God has said, as long as I live, the earth shall be filled with the glory, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. And for that to happen, God's people must start controlling influential places on the face of the earth. The Christianese we use for that is mountains. We should be able to look at the top politically and it is believers that are calling the shots. 
We should be able to look at the top in entertainment, arts, culture, and it is believers that are calling the shots. That's not currently happening. We should be able to look at our banking sector and it is believers, children of God, that are calling the shots. We should be able to look in the religious fabric of society and yes, we recognize that we live in democracies today and people have freedom of religion. They can worship any God they want to worship. But the dominant religions that are influencing things a lot on the face of the earth are people of God. All the different facets of human endeavor that influence day-to-day -day life. Hallelujah. God wants his children to be at the top. And that means for all of us, God wants us to keep going higher and higher and higher in our respective fields. Praise God. That's a big part. That's a big part of the message God has given Dr. K to be preaching this season. And with that, God will give us grace. God will give us wisdom. God will give us strength. Praise God. To take over. And God will bless us to take over. Can I hear a loud amen? Because that's how it works. It works by the blessing. It's all about the blessing. And speaking specifically about supernatural the convention, this is one reason why you should be there and why you should prepare to be there and to invite people that you love and care about to come and join us because at gatherings like this, God spreads layers of the blessing on people's lives. Hallelujah. We talked about that briefly last Sunday. Let me quickly talk again. What, what else should I pray about, Pastor? I want, I'm supposed to be praying. What are we praying about? How about praying about finishing this year well? And starting 2023 strong. Hello? How about, how many people are interested in finishing 2022 well? How many people are interested in starting 2023 strong? Invest in prayer. And perhaps I think this is the most important thing everybody should be praying about at this time. Particularly if you have sought a next level. You have attempted dreams. You've attempted things and you've not been able to achieve them. And I believe all of us can relate with that. How about, hear me and hear me very well. Look at me, this is a very powerful prayer point to be praying. How about praying about what you don't know? In fact, when it comes to praying by the Spirit, the Bible said that's why the Holy Ghost is there. We know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit helps our weakness in that area. You don't know what to pray for. You think you know what to pray for. But you don't. And what you ought to be doing is to be logging hours upon hours upon hours of praying by the Spirit. Concerning what you don't know about. Who knew about COVID-19? Who knew? Who knows what will happen in 2023? Who knew about the war in Ukraine? God knows. Hello? Hello? The Holy Spirit knows. And when you learn to log in hours and hours of prayer in preparation, 
The things you don't know that when they come will affect you negatively. The Spirit will help you to pray so that what the enemy intended for evil will be a good thing for you. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. Prepare. Prepare. Be wise enough to prepare. Concerning things you don't know. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory be to God. The Bible told us about two kings in scriptures. I believe they represent two types of Christians we have on the face of the earth today. And I think what God does for us is God gives you the opportunity to choose the kind of person you want to be. You know that's how life is. It, it's about choice. Yesterday's seeds are the harvest of today. And the choices we made yesterday and the seeds we sowed yesterday is what we are living in today, for good or for bad. Tomorrow's harvest, 2022, 20, the end of 2023, is predicated on the seeds we are sowing today. So they told us about these two kings. They were both sons of Solomon. You know Solomon was a wise king. One was wise, one was foolish. Second Chronicles 27 verse 6. Jotham became mighty. He became successful. He was an effective king. He was a productive king because he did what? This is the only reason. No. It's not because the devil, did not, um, the devil did not attack him. It's not because God loved him more. No, he prepared his ways before the Lord is God. All, all he did was he prepared. I'm going to be king. Remember his father, Solomon, when he told me I'm going to be king. The Bible said he went to God. He said, ah, look, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. That's what to pray for. When you're going to take over. I have never been king before. I'm a child. I've never been a CEO of a corporation before. I've never led this ministry responsibility before. I've never been married before. I've never been a parent before. I've never handled this level of income before. I've never faced this kind of adversity before. God, give me wisdom. Prepare. Look at another son of Solomon that was foolish. And Rehoboam, 2 Chronicles 12, 14. Rehoboam did evil. Why? Because Satan was on his case. Because God forsook him. No. Because he did not, and I love this, prepare his heart. Jotham prepared his way. Rehoboam did not prepare his heart. He's telling us two things we need to prepare for. Prepare your heart. Your heart. Is your heart prepared to receive a takeover word? That's part of what we said we should pray about last week. God, God called Moses and said, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now go northward. Go to the territory of the king of, is it Gershon he called his name? 
begin to contend with him because I've given him into your hand. I've given his people into your hand. I've given his land into your hand. If you read that chapter and those very well, those people were giants. Giants. Go and contend with him in battle. Now, it, it takes a, a good heart to receive that. God didn't say that, just sleep on your bed and wake up in the morning and stroll into the promise. No, no, God said no. And all he had was a word. Not that he had fighter jets, so not that God gave him fighter jets. Just a word. But you see, it takes a good heart to receive a word. That's what Rehoboam didn't have. His heart wasn't ready to receive a word. What did it lead to? He started doing evil. Can I tell you something? I've been a pastor for years. Christian people can do evil. They can lie. I've seen them lie. They can lie to pastors. They can cheat. I've seen them cheat. They can steal. I've seen them steal. Hmm, watch this one. They can commit sexual immorality. I've seen it happen. What we all consider to be evil. It starts from the heart. Say, guard your heart with all diligence. And how do you do that? You put the word of God in your heart. Out of it flows the issues of life. Prepare your way. Prepare your heart. And I love what he said there. What they were saying is that this guy did not pray. Watch what he said. He did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Pastor T shouted week after week, prepare in prayer. He, uh, what are they talking about? Have we not been praying since? Uh, we know we have been praying. Anato has been praying since. I'm not saying we have not been praying. I'm saying God is telling us to pray again. Hallelujah. But somebody's heart is not interested. Come to church at 8 o'clock and pray. Come to 9 o'clock, join us online to pray. No prepare start to seek the Lord. Somebody say, I prepare my heart to seek the Lord. To hear a word from the Lord. To hear the word of Jesus. We do not have a high priest that cannot be easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We have a sympathizing Jesus. But he speaks to us. Moses, I have given you Gashon or Og, the king of these people. I've given you their territory. That, that's how God is going to tell you. You just start seeing visions. He said you spoke to your servant in a vision. <laughs> That's how God speaks. I'm just seeing myself owning a bakery. I'm seeing myself owning a fashion business. Every time I lie down to sleep, I'm seeing myself in New York Fashion Week. And Some hearts cannot receive that word. And that's a takeover word. Though. That's what God was doing to Moses. I love what he told him in Exodus chapter 3. He said, Exodus chapter 3, so after they defeated that first thing in chapter 2, those of you that read the scriptures we shared with you, you will have seen that. Chapter 3, watch this one. This is very, very important, very powerful. Chapter 3, he said, they now move forward, and another king, I can't remember his own name, was it Og or whatever, came to attack them. Came to attack them. Help me tap anybody and say, what is attacking you? What's attacking your finances? What's attacking your marriage? What's attacking your health? Came to attack them. Then the Bible said, God told Moses, don't be afraid of him. It's just the devil trying to deceive you. Don't be afraid. I have given him into your hand. I have given his people into your hand. I have given his land into your hand. What is attacking you may be a sign of what God has given you dominion over. Satan is just trying to keep you bound. 
ah, you've had this sickness for five years. Maybe God is going to use you in World Health Organization to bring healing and medical help to people, billions all over the face of the earth. That devil knew. The Bible said that that guy had 60 cities. He was a big time king. And God had given him to Moses. And all God told Moses, I have given you. It's just, look, this is how God did Moses. God was just talking to him like I'm talking to you now. That's all, that's all God told him. Take over, take over. But Moses has a heart that was prepared to hear the voice of God. And he knew that what God said, faith to take over, is more than enough. Not circumstances. Not that they, it attacked me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Hello? Is that the time? <laughs> I like doing that. <laughs> All right, let me begin to close. But is somebody hearing me? Is somebody willing to pray? Every faith failure can be traced to a prayer failure. I'm going to say that three more times. Every faith failure can be traced to a prayer failure. There was something you failed to pray about. You, you prepared, you, you failed to prepare your heart to seek the Lord. Every faith failure, your faith will not fail. Amen. Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan is there to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. I prayed for you. I, I hope this encourages somebody here in church. I pray for the, everybody in this church every day. I will tell you something else. I pray for you every day the way I pray for my family every day. The same prayer. In fact, I actually pray more. I was praying. <laughs> that's why I was, ah. Even my children, I don't spend this much time praying for them. So told me, your children too are part of the church. I said, okay. <laughs> I understand God started reminding me again. Your number one job as a pastor is to pray for the people. Number one job. Some people think the number one job of pastors is becoming to be visiting them house to house. Go and read your Bible again. Somewhere told them, as for me, God forbid that I will fail to pray for you. So pray for them. And you should always do that. I, I shared this testimony a long time ago. I went for one exam. The, the paper looked like Greek. Have you ever been in that kind of exam before? And you don't speak Greek, or not that you learned Greek. <laughs> one hour. The examiner said one hour gone. It was a three-hour paper. I was, by that, I was sitting, okay, nobody. So I was collapsing my seat. You know when you've looked at, you've looked at question once, there were just six or seven questions. So you've looked at it north to south. It didn't make sense. South to north. You've turned the... <laughs> then I just remembered, I believe the Holy Ghost just made me. My mother told me that morning, as you are, what time, he said, what time are your papers? I said, this 9 to 12, 2 to 3, I'll be praying for you. Then I just said, ah, my mother is praying for me. I'm telling you, that's how I got up. And I said, my mother is praying. That's, that's where I said from. My mother is praying for me. I didn't even say me to have prayed. And I prayed. And all of if sudden, the Greeks started making sense, small by small. I just saw one ray of light. Maybe it was question five. Question one was still looking like it. And as I tried to just follow that light, ah, the light got bigger. And I was able to answer that question. Then when I finished, I just turned and I saw light again in another one. 
I mean, after that time I saw, I just started seeing lights, lights, like what was looking like Greek. By the time I answered, I think I did just six questions. There was one question I didn't even touch at all. It was still looking very Greek and very black. And as I did that question, I balanced it, I said, time up. I passed that paper. I'm telling you. Till tomorrow, I don't know how it happened. But I remember that somebody that loved me was praying for me. And that just gave me enough encouragement. So that's what Jesus told me. He said, Satan is coming after you. He doesn't want you to take over what God wants you to take over. I have ordained you to be a major apostle. That was what God had planned for Peter to take over. The first apostle over the church. But he Satan is coming after you. He wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to make you to die as a fisherman. You know, after Jesus died, Peter said, let's go fishing. He went to continue fishing. Forgot ministry because he just lost hope. That's what Jesus was talking about. And it was just a faith failure. I love it. He told him, when you have recovered, strengthen your brethren. Praise God. All right. Let me close. Or let me attempt to close. So continue to pray. But don't just pray. Listen to me. This is very, very important. Dr. K said it like this again a few days ago. I was listening to a message and he said, it said, what is important or what is most important in prayer Please catch this, fundamental about prayer, particularly when it comes to faith. What is most important about prayer is not what you are saying, but what God is saying to you. We are coming back to hearing the voice of Jesus. So we pray not just for God to hear us, and it's good for God to hear us. It's good for our prayer to be like incense that comes before the throne of his grace, powerful, but more importantly to hear God. Hello? To hear God. The sympathizing Jesus, the great physician, he is here. He's not just near, he's here. Oh, hear the voice of Jesus. So we read about the children of Israel. Hebrews, and I'm going to close, chapter 3. And specifically, the Bible was telling us about the generation that came out of Egypt, but they could not enter the promised land. They could not take over their, their possession. And it told us that the reason why they could not take over is because they had unbelief in their hearts. And this is unbelief that comes from not renewing your mind. Unbelief can come from a lack of prayer. We read that in Luke 18 this morning. You are not prayerful. And the, the way that unbelief will come is because if you are prayerful, you will hear from God. And faith cometh what? By hearing and hearing. But that is lack of prayer. But unbelief can also come when your mind is not renewed. What do I mean by that? These are people that, please watch this carefully, watch this. Because it's very, very important. And it's so vital you understand this in prayer. These are people that left Egypt, but Egypt did not leave them. So they carried baggage of Egypt with them. 
and fail to renew their thinking. So there are people that are Christians. They used to be unbelievers. There were baggages when you were living as a sinner. You have come into Christ, but you are still being baggaged by the old man. The Bible teaches about that. It said you should take off the old man and put on the new man. You are still talking like your grandfather used to talk in your village. Just to give an example out there, ah, it's my sons that will go to school. My daughters are just going to marry and they will be wife, housewife. No, there was a time that's how fathers taught, talked about their daughters. But we have now renewed our minds. I don't know any father in 2022 that will not send his daughter to school in Nigeria or not Afghanistan. That's what you are doing in the spirit when you are thinking like you, 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 you are thinking the way you used to think in Egypt. Hallelujah. So Hebrews chapter 3. Please watch this carefully, carefully. Beware, brethren, from verse 12, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you will become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So every day we are going to send a word from God, just something to help you renew your mind. You can draw a prayer point from there, but it should shift your thinking. There's a way God expects you to think, Moses, if you are going to take over. There's a way God expects you to think, Joseph or, or Joshua, if you are going to take over. It comes from the word. And if you don't take that word and let that word renew your thinking, and instead you're allowing your situation and circumstances shape your thinking, you will still be trapped in Egypt, even though you have come out of Egypt and you're on your way to your promised land. That's what happened to these people. They became hardened. They were not receiving the word of exhortation. They, they saw the miracles. So it's not miracles. I told you that about the Red Sea. They still had to walk through that Red Sea by faith. If you receive the miracles, believe God for the miracles. But allow the word of God to begin to change your thinking. Change your thinking. Perhaps you came out from a very, very poor family background. And you have been coming to church. And they have been talking to you about prosperity and riches. The riches of God's glory. And the riches that come by God's grace. And there are still these things trying to pull you down. Wanting you to think poor. You need to be taking the word that comes daily. That is showing you that you are rich. You are loaded. You are provided for. Even though your bank account doesn't look like it now. So that the Egypt you have come out from doesn't keep you in the wilderness. And hinder you from taking over what God wants you to have. Hallelujah. Verse 14. For we have become partakers of Christ. Somebody say I'm a partaker of Christ. Say I'm a partaker of the grace. That Jesus gives me. Shout out that I'm a partaker. I receive this thing. I enjoy this thing. I walk in this thing. How are we going to become a partaker? If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. 
while it said today, if you will hear his voice, somebody say, I will hear his voice. I will hear what he's saying. I will not harden my heart as they did in the rebellion. And you know their story. You read it in Numbers 13, you read it in Numbers 14. God told them, this is the land. He had done several miracles. Manna was still falling from heaven. And then the spies went to look at the land. Numbers 13, 14, you know the story. And they surveyed it. Ah, Buari economy. Hey, after Buari, it's another one that looks like Buari that is coming again. <laughs> now they are imprinting currency. Hey, exchange rate, 800. Ah. Oh, it has entered 900. Aboko Aram. Hey, they just kidnapped one VC. And you are looking at all those things. That's when those spies went. God had told them, but they saw giants in the land. In fact, they said they brought back the fruits. Look at it. It's true. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Look at it. But Buari is their president. But after Buari, but the exchange rate in the country. Most, um, Joshua and Caleb say, hey, the Bible says, silence them. Hey! Let us go. If God is for us, we can take it over. Ah, they said, no, we are going to die. And the Bible said it stirred up the anger of God. I, I love how Paul taught this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Because watch 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Read with me again. Because this is very important. Tap your neighbor and say, Pastor T is closing. Close. Close. <laughs> Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware of our fathers, that our fathers were all under the cloud. All this while, as they were saying that unbelief, the pillar of cloud by day was over their head. Miracle was happening. The pillar of fire by night was over their head. They had spent 25 years in that wilderness. God had sustained them. 25 years in ministry. But they were still living in a miracle. All of them passed through the Red Sea. So they, they had seen experiences from God. They were baptizing to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They ate manna every day. Okay, yes, you don't have all the money, but God, somehow, somehow, at least you are not suffering from kwashoko. Somehow God has been providing. You see, this is the problem with wilderness experiences. It's, you see, I was, God told me to meditate on that scripture again. He said, meditate on the word and you, your days will be multiplied, days of your children will be multiplied as days of heaven upon the earth. God told me, you've been reading that scripture as if I all I said was days of heaven. I didn't say days of heaven. It's days of heaven. You are going to have heavenly experiences, things that if not for God, it could not have happened. Things like you've not fallen sick. 
Your husband has not died. Your wife has not died. You've, you've, you've not, I mean, you've had food to eat. You have, but it's going to happen on the earth. Buhari will still be your president. The exchange rate in your country will be 900. See, that, that was the problem with these people. The pillar of, as they were talking unbelief, they were living in 25 years of ministry. Do you know what it means to do ministry for 25 years? If not for God, it can't be done. Do you know what it is to carry a vision? A, a, a teenager, God gave a vision, and you are, the vision is speaking loud. Years after. If not for God, you are under a pillar of cloud. But exchange rate is 900. And instead of focusing on the pillar of cloud, you are looking at the exchange rate. That's what Moses was, Paul was teaching them. This is a mistake. This is why they could not take over. They were living in a miracle. You are living in a miracle. Hallelujah. If you are not convinced, go to Ibubi when you leave this service today. Then you know what God has done for you. Go to the morgue in Ikeja, then you know what God has done for you. The other day I had to take someone, went to the hospital, the, the stench of death. How do you know death has a stench? It made me, wow, God, you are good. They ate manna every day. Water came out of the rock from them. Somehow, somehow, the, the rent was, you didn't have money, but ah, somehow you have paid the rent. And yet, you didn't have a job. Oh, your wife had to go to the hospital to have a baby. So somehow, somehow, you paid the bill. Water came out of a rock from you. They drank of that spiritual rock. You come to church every day. The word of God comes to you. You feel the presence of God. In the place of worship, you, 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 know, you are feeling the presence of God. But when you step out, Emilokon is about to be your next president. It's a wilderness experience. Or the other guy. That's how they say it in America. The other guy. Or the former guy. <laughs> It's days of heaven in earthly places. And the earthly places are dark and full of cruelty and full of Boko Haram and kidnappers. But in the, those earthly places, water is still coming out of the rock for you. Verse 5, this is where we are going. And I pray this will not be your story. He said, but with most of them, God was not pleased. Without faith, it is what? So what does it say? Most of them did not live by faith. And what happened? Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. They did not take over. God had to wait for them. I want to read this scripture to you. This was the summary of their experience. And pastor, I don't know what to pray. Pray the opposite of this. Pray. You don't know what to pray. This is what you should be praying. You don't know what to pray for. Joshua 5 and 6, this is how they summarize everything that happened to them. I love, this summary is so powerful. And this will not be your portion in Jesus' name. In fact, you pray the opposite of this. Joshua 5 and 6. For the children of Israel walked 25 years in the wilderness. Let's bring it to our context. Till all the people who were the men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed. The Bible said God waited for them to die. They were right at the cusp of their inheritance. They were no longer in Egypt. You are no longer an unbeliever. You are no longer a slave. God has brought you out of bondage. You, you are just at the cusp to 
cross over and take over your inheritance. But that's where they died. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. They were consumed. Why were they consumed? It was because Buhari was their president. The exchange was 900. The devil was wicked. God forgot about them. No. No. It's never about the circumstances. That was their mistake. It was about the giants. It was about how we didn't have meat to eat in the wilderness. It was, it's never about the circumstances. Because they did not obey the voice of God. They did not hear the voice. The obedience means they didn't believe. To whom God swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give them. A land flowing with milk and honey. That's where you are standing. You are right at the cusp. If you can cross this Jordan, my brother and my sister, you are coming into an experience of flowing milk and honey. If, you can, if only you can cross this Jordan. If only you can cross it. And I don't have any evidence that it will happen no, other than the word of God. It was enough for Moses. It was enough for Joshua. It's enough for you. You, see, you, you go forward by faith. You, you hold on to the word. And you will be able to if you pray. But don't just pray. You renew your mind. You, you take these scriptures. I, I, I was going to go line by line, but I, I want to close in two minutes. First Corinthians 10, Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. Romans 15, 4. I will close with that text. This is the last one, finally. Romans 15, verse 4. Hallelujah. We'll continue next Sunday. Or when next we have the opportunity. The things that were written, Romans 15, verse 4, they were written for our learning. The story that was told us about the children of Israel, the story that was told us about Joshua, about, it was for us to, to renew our mind with it. You apply it into your situation and renew your mind with it so that we, through the faith and comfort of Scripture, might have hope. Can somebody shout, I have hope? Not because the dollar is 900, but because of Jesus. Look at verse 5 and 6. And this is really for those of you that don't come for our prayer meetings, don't come for our outreach events, don't join us online for prayer. Look at verse 5 and 6. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded. This is not a time to have an independent mind. Ah, I'm going to do my own prayer on my own. Eh? Give, make it to blind my name. Towards one another. According to Christ Jesus. Look at verse 7 quickly or the next verse. That you may with one mind. Look, all of us, you have the mind of takeover now. And we should pray together. We should do our tricks together. We should worship together. We should hear the word of God together. One mind. A house divided will always fall. In fact, that's Satan's strategy. Okay, uh, I can't touch Pastor T. He has touched himself to this Dr. K guy too much. He has been following him for 25 years. He's not going to go anywhere. You, don't go for the, don't, in fact, don't go for supernatural. And you are stupid enough to hear him. 
But this way is going. One mind with one mouth. All of us will be saying the same thing, praying the same thing, declaring the same thing. One mouth glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you learn the example. Hallelujah. We are not going to miss out on this takeover. Said upon Mount Zion, what is it? The, the, the seed of what? What's that Abraham's son's name? Isaac and Jacob. The seed of Jacob shall possess their possession. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet this morning. Let's close. Can we lift your hands? Can you lift our hands? Everyone. Somebody say one mind. Say one mouth. One voice. One people. One church. One movement. Say it again. One mind. It's a mind of takeover. There is nobody under the sound of my voice that God is excluding from what he's about to do. Hello, somebody. And you just need to plug yourself in. Hallelujah. Can you leave those hands? Open your mouth and just pray in the spirit for a few minutes. Please get on the keyboard for us. There is a thinking pattern that will rob you of your takeover if you continue to indulge it. There's a thought pattern that will rob you of your inheritance if you continue to indulge it. You need to take these words that God is giving you and cleanse your mind with it. Come on, leave those hands. Open your mouth and pray. And remember to pray like Jesus. Pray like Jesus. Pray fervently. Hannah, there's a thinking pattern that will rob you of the children. God wants you to have six children you to have six. You are barren now but what God has planned for you is six. But the way you are thinking this pity party you are having for yourself you need to renew your mind. You need to take the word of God and change your perspective. The husband God has given you God himself is your husband. He's worth more than ten sons to you. Instead of seeing the glass as half empty see it as half full. I don't have everything. I, I don't have the money I want. I don't have the job I want. I don't have the child I want. But I have Jesus. I have a husband that cares for me. My husband is my maker. If I can embrace Jesus, everything will be fine. That's renewed thinking. Anna's thinking changed. Her prayer life went to another level. She got the boldness to sow that sacrifice. The rest is history. Samuel was born and five other children after him. Oh, Yakala Begedo Sakata. Somebody, as you pray, hear the word of God, hear the voice of God. Kenama Shakata Yala Brekedo Sata. Hear the word of God, hear the voice of God. Your, your thinking must change. Your thinking must change. Kenama Shakata Sata Yala Brekedo Sata. The army of Israel. The soldiers in the army, because of unrenewed mind, they saw Goliath, the exchange rate of 900, a giant too big to kill. David got to the battlefront, he saw the same giant. This is a giant too big to miss. This is an opportunity for me. 
one word Dr. K gave us the last time he came. This, and he's still saying it here today, this disruption is working for your good. That exchange rate that is losing control is working for your good. Perspective. Renew your mind. All things are working together for my good. Is it a giant too big to kill or a giant too big to miss? How are you thinking? Are you thinking by the word or you are thinking by the circumstances? Can you still see the pillar of cloud over your head by day? The pillar of fire over your head by night? Can you see the water that is coming out of the rock? Or is, is all you can see the giants in the land that are trying to obstruct you? Is all you can see the Jordan, the obstacles and the challenges? Will you allow the word of God to renew your thinking? Somebody pray, 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 pray. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email KMI Africa at Kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.